Welcome to Agenda Breakdown, a podcast that explores how cities and counties make decisions and how you can have a say. I'm Kim Bishop, and today we're going to talk about county supervisors, who they represent, what decisions they make, and why we should all be paying attention. On June 7th, Slow County residents will have the opportunity to vote for a county supervisor. Here to help us understand what our supervisors do and what's at stake is Cal Poly political science professor, Michael Latner. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here. So let's start with some background. Every city in the county has its own municipal government. What kinds of decisions are made by the county instead of the individual cities? Yeah, there are shared responsibilities as well as unique powers that municipalities have. Both general law and charter cities will take on some of the responsibilities that counties might otherwise provide. So police services and, you know, a lot of water services, disposable services, things like that. But the counties are really the arm of state government. And so most of the services that we receive through the state and most state regulation actually operates through the counties. And so counties have a tremendous amount of policy authority, even though the cities have their own authorities as well. Specifically, what are some important decisions that this board has made recently? Oh, there's all sorts of really important decisions that affect everyone's lives, whether it's with regard to housing and and land use development, homelessness, um, behavioral health runs through the the county. And so all the services that our mental health and behavioral uh, health services are provided from the county. Uh, The Oceano Dunes uh, that a lot of people are familiar with, any kind of conservation efforts. uh, The county has a tremendous amount of authority there. And of course, water policy, which is a perennial issue in Slow County and California. The counties are the, the primary regulatory bodies that work with water districts and and make really important land use and water policy decisions. In addition to that, the counties are largely responsible for elections themselves. And so voting services, the provision and administration of elections and the infrastructure that we use to hold elections is primarily a county responsibility. And that's also true for municipal elections. So the last time you and I spoke was several months ago, and in fact, the supervisors were about to vote on redistricting, which is, you know, redrawing the boundaries for our county's districts. What was the outcome of that vote? Well, it was a partisan vote. The board as a whole hired a reputable demographer and and geographic firm to design maps. That demographer designed several plans that were compliant with all of the uh, redistricting criteria as laid out by the Fair Maps Act. Although they claim to have not used partisan information and looked at partisan information, and that's an important disclaimer. But overall, the maps from the firm didn't deviate much from the current maps. They were basically just adjusting for population differences, which is one of the reasons why we redistrict every 10 years is to ensure that there's population equality between districts so that you don't have underpopulated districts because that gives voters more power the fewer people per district there are. What did happen, though, is that they scrapped those plans. The county board chose neither of those plans. They also discarded a plan that was designed by the Slow City Chamber of Commerce in conjunction with other chambers and other communities of interest. It was a really good plan. It was fair. It uh, had a lot of nice properties in addition to being in compliance with the act. And uh, they discarded all those and chose a partisan plan, a plan that was developed by Republicans and introduced to the process through a single individual in Arroyo Grande. This map, according to my analysis and, and a lawsuit that was filed um, to put an injunction on the use of this map, showed pretty clearly that it's a biased map. It favors Republican voters over Democratic voters, and it will allow the th- three-member majority of the board to retain control over 
over the Board of Supervisors, even if they get a minority of votes for the county, which is a form of vote dilution. We're guaranteed free and fair elections in California. We have a free and fair elections clause. And this plan violates the free and fair elections clause because you can't have fair elections if people's votes don't have the same weight. And so we're going to have to live with this plan for at least one election. And then I'm hoping that there will be uh, litigation to follow up, but we'll see what the results look like. How did that decision affect who is able to vote in this next election? Well, when the districts are drawn, you're moving some voters out of old districts and into new districts and vice versa. And that has the effect of what's called accelerating or decelerating the time when voters can vote. And so one of the things that clued us off to this being a biased map is that the vast majority of voters that were moved from a district where they would be voting this cycle to voting in the next cycle, that is 2024, the vast majority of those voters were Democratic voters. And so more Democratic voters are going to be kept from voting in this election cycle relative to Republican voters, which again advantages the three conservative members of the board. Are there any issues in particular that voters should pay attention to that are coming up in this next cycle after the election? Oh, there are all kinds of important issues. So in addition to, to housing and homelessness, which is a perennial issue in the county and California statewide, um, you have water policy, of course, that we've already discussed. You've got the decommissioning of Diablo Canyon, which is probably the single biggest decision in terms of its impact, not just on the economy, but on our energy use and on future energy use in the county. There's questions over conservation efforts, Oceano Dunes, and a number of other conservation efforts underway. And again, back to the political, one of the the most egregious decisions that this current board majority made a year or two ago was to open up the campaign coffers and allow up to $25,000 to be donated to county election efforts, which is about five times as high as it was and and much higher than in most other counties. And there's going to be a lot of corporate money, a lot of dark money that gets funneled into this county and then sent into other places uh, where it can be used. And this board majority will be able to do this, they'll be able to govern, even though they don't have a support of a majority of the voters of Slow County. So it's a real democratic crisis. Where do you recommend that people go to find you know, impartial information about each candidate's stance on these different issues? Yeah, well, both the county website, uh, the county elections and voting section of the clerk recorder's website, as well as the, as the California Secretary of State has voter pamphlet information so you can learn who the candidates are, what offices are up for election, and that there's plenty of information. The county website's a little difficult to navigate, but you can go to the Secretary of State's website and they'll have voter pamphlets for all the counties. Thank you. That's really helpful. I'll link to both of those in the show notes. Will everyone get a ballot mailed to them automatically? Every active registered voter will receive a ballot in the mail. That's right. So California has joined Washington, Oregon, Hawaii, and Utah, I will add, the most Republican state in the union, as a universal vote by mail state. Colorado and some other states have been at this a long time. It has proven to be a method of voting that increases turnout. And possibly more importantly, it decreases the inequalities in turnout that we see in terms of who's not just who's registered, but, but who actually shows up to the polls, which is really important. Thank you so much, Michael. It is always a pleasure talking with you. You bet. Good to talk to you. Now it's time for today's action item. Before you do anything else today, make sure you are registered to vote at your current address. You can do this by going directly to California's voter registration status webpage, or even easier, you can go to vote.org. 
technically you have until May 23rd to make sure you're registered, but why not just take care of it now so you are all good to go. If you want to find out what else is on the ballot and learn more about the candidates, you can go to the county clerk's webpage and the California Secretary of State's election guide. I will link to both of those in the show notes. Today's episode was produced by Francisco Martinez with music by Wes Bishop. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Bishop. See you next time on Agenda Breakdown.